the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. What's up, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson with you on a Monday, recapping all the things that happened this past weekend. And man, there was a lot. You had the Colin Kaepernick workout with the NFL. You had an interesting weekend in the NFL, college football, Utah State with their big win in conference in their division over Wyoming. A game that I Friday predicted would not go the way that it did. So I'm happy that I was wrong. You had uh, high school football, local teams winning. Now this week, they'll be in championships. West Side is going to be playing for the two-way title on Saturday. That will be at 1 o'clock at Eagle High School. It's just outside of Boise. So it's about four-and-a-half-hour drive from West Side uh, to get there. They'll be facing McCall Donnelly. It's about a two-hour drive for them. They're in the McCall area, as you could imagine. Uh, both teams, very good offenses, very good defenses. Which side will uh, will win out, offense or defense? Could be very interesting. So that'll be Saturday at 1 o'clock. The day before will be the championship game in the 4A classification for Utah. That'll be Park City versus Skyview. So Skyview Bobcats taking on Park City. That'll be Friday at 11 a.m. at the University of Utah. So best of luck to both local teams as they travel to uh, play in championship games. Hopefully some championship hardware coming back to the state of Utah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. But uh, Skyview winning this championship in basketball last year. Can they win in football this year to back that up? So again, we'll have full coverage right here on The Fan. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Hurricane John Newbold will be down there. Uh, with the play-by-play, and uh, we'll have uh, full coverage here on the fan. And then later in the afternoon, when it's over, uh, we'll be on to kind of break it down, what happened, uh, win or lose, and uh, recap the the 2019 season for high school football as it officially comes to a close this weekend. So uh, best of luck to them. But Skyview, uh, you look at what they've done in all of their games leading up to this point, 62 to nothing over Cedar Valley, 56 to 13 over Mountain View, 49 to 21 over Dixie. Dominating performances offensively and defensively. Going up against Park City, who not quite as dominant here in the postseason. They did beat Pineview 48 to 21. Good score there for them, and they were in control much of that game. Skyview, it took them to the second half to really get rolling, but uh, Park City's uh, journey to the championship has been a little bit more challenging. They had they struggled a low scoring game against Snow Canyon. They won that fourteen to ten. Logan didn't make life easy for them either, and Park City won that one twenty to nothing. So uh, Park City has not shown as much offense as the Bobcats have, but uh, both have had pretty good defensive performances to this point. So that will be a fun one to see how that plays out on a. Friday morning in Salt Lake City. And then again, as mentioned, Westside, they play McCall Donnelly. 
And uh, that's going to be Saturday at uh, 1 o'clock. Utah State football and Utah State basketball, both with nice wins Friday and Saturday. Utah State men's basketball team uh, beating North Carolina A&T, an athletic, was described as an athletic team, and a team that mixed up some defenses, made life interesting for the Aggies. Uh, and then they turn right back around and have another game tonight. They play UT San Antonio. This is an old whack opponent uh, coming into the spectrum tonight. Also today, the uh, Associated Press and coaches polls were released and updated for men's basketball. Utah State moved up in both. Utah State up to 15 in the coach, excuse me, in the AP poll and 16th in the coaches poll. Uh, New Mexico and San Diego State receiving votes. Not many, but they are receiving some votes in the AP poll, and uh, San Diego State is receiving some votes in the coaches' poll, the only other Mountain West schools getting some attention. And we'll hear from Coach Smith here in just a little bit, uh, his thoughts about the matchups tonight and uh, kind of where his team is at after playing in uh, another game without a whole lot of downtime. And this is the last home game that they'll have for the next two, three weeks after all the games that they have next on the schedule with trip to Jamaica and some other road trips that they'll have on the schedule. But before we get into that, before we get into more about basketball, I want to get into some more about football and what Utah State uh, football team, they were able to do against Wyoming on Saturday. It was a beautiful, sunny day, a great environment for college football. Would have loved to have seen more people there, but those who did go saw an interesting football game. Jordan Love started off, not great, to be honest. I mean, he, he struggled and were a little worried about how things were going to play out. And the, the first play of the second quarter, it's a pick six. And thinking, my gosh, this is going to be a long day. But uh, then he just, it's been one of his strengths is that he hasn't let things like, let things like that get to him. And he turned right back around and had a phenomenal second quarter. And Utah State went on to score, what, 20 straight points? Uh, between what he was doing, Dominic Eberly was kicking the ball great. Uh, CLC Mariner had some big plays. Gerald Bright had some big plays. And then the defense came up big with uh, some great performances by Eric Munoz, a guy that not very many people knew, and he just exploded onto the scene on Saturday afternoon, AJ. I was. Do you remember last Monday when Coach Anderson said there's going to be a couple of new guys who are going to get some playing time? And he mentioned Eric by name. And I'm going to be flat out honest with you and with our listeners. I had no idea who in the world he was talking about. I was like, Eric, who? M- Munoz? Okay. Great. Let's let's see how this kid is. This, is. this will be interesting. Two interceptions, 13 tackles later, seven of those solo. Not too bad. Not too bad. Hey, he was all over the field, and that one tackle uh, on the coming off the edge to the uh, Wyoming sideline to stop. Uh, I think it was like third and seven, and he ends up holding. I mean, he grabs him for six, and 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 then forces Wyoming to punt. Just his speed, awareness, ability to get to the ball wherever it's at. His energy. I mean, that kid was flying all over the place. Granite Tyler Vanderwall. Threw what gimme to him in that final pick. I mean, I don't know. Cardinal rule, right? As a quarterback, don't ever throw across your body unless your name's Brett Favre. Dude, that kid, I have no idea where he was throwing it. And I've watched the film several times. Still don't know where he was putting it to. Um, but Eric was great. And, and like you said about Jordan Love, um, first pick was acrobatic. Give that number 30 kid some credit. In fact, Coach Anderson talked about him today and said, dude, that kid is a baller. I mean, he was 
he was very high praise of of number thirty. But then um, the second one was just a horrible read, really, really bad read on Jordan's part. Yeah, he has a blind spot right there where the, where the linebackers hang out. Yep. He multiple <laughs> times this <laughs> season way to he's put thrown it, interceptions to linebackers. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, uh, Jordan Love did go out. Uh, Coach Anderson simply said when he was asked about him today, we have no report. I can't comment on it. Um, so stay tuned for Jordan Love, I guess, huh? Uh, this is straight out of the horse's mouth. This is what Gary Anderson said today when asked about a status update for his star quarterback. Uh, that's I really don't have anything on that yet. No comment. Um, there's nothing really to tell at this point, so we'll see. When asked about Henry Columby, he'll, we'll get into that in just a little bit too, actually. By the way, so people are criticizing – when I don't know if people have been talking to you about the same things. I know people are to come to you to get your thoughts on this, but I didn't think Henry was that bad. I mean, he wasn't great, sure, but for a kid who's just coming into live action in a very important game, and when a game when it's not forty-nine to nothing, and you're saying, "Hey, we need you to ride the horse the rest of the way and get us and, and park this car in the lot and get get rid of the keys," I thought he did all right. He did okay. Uh, I, I I wonder after the game, I was a little bit critical of him. Uh, okay. In our post game show, I was okay. I, I was making it clear of my thoughts that there's a reason why Jordan Love is a starter and Henry Columbia is is not. But again, the kid but, has very little playing time. We're, yes, I mean, he we're he should have got minutes and some in in snaps yeah. in the BYU game. So it's been a long time since he's been on the field. But I also over the weekend have thought, you know, what was really asked of him? I mean, what was he really asked to do? Uh, probably wasn't asked to go in and do a heck of a whole lot. So it's not necessarily a reflection on on him and his abilities. It, it would have been nice to just get some more points on the board while he was under center. But he's he is a... I'm going to say this right. He is a quarterback that I think does have potential, but I still think there's a reason Jordan Love is your starting quarterback yeah. and not Henry Columbia. Yep. And we, we don't know what will happen this Saturday. If it's going to be Henry or Jordan underneath center, we'll wait. Um, hey, speaking of which, of being underneath center, did I – was I, like, on something or did I see a QB sneak from Jordan Love? <laughs> we were all laughing about that afterwards. Uh, Ryan – it was funny. Ryan Bohm uh, stood up in the stands and – Turned to everybody and said, "We're going to win this game." We just saw a quarterback sneak under center because we've never, we haven't seen that, and we did. Jordan went up under center, did a quick snap, and it was a short down yardage, and they got it. It converted. They it worked. I don't know why we don't see that in other situations. Well, and then we had another play where it was fourth and short, and we're going to shotgun formation, and then we get stuffed. So I'm not sure which one, but I guess that's that's that was a final series for Jordan Love, who didn't. We kind of found out why he didn't sneak it. So yeah, it, it, people were wondering why he didn't come back. But at the same time, well, that scramble, also, like, that scramble to the end zone, he did get hit kind of hard. He did boy, come he back got, out the next series, got but clocked. But then he sat the rest of the game. Yeah. Uh, so again, we we don't know. In fact, if you're waiting for an answer on if Jordan Love will play, you'll get that answer at 8:30 p.m. when the offense trots out. That's when you'll know if Jordan Love's playing or not. Because Gary's not. Look, Gary's not going to give away a dang thing against Boise State. He is not going to say a word. No, this game's too important. Yeah, he's not going to say a word. So if you want to know who the quarterback is, um, either show up at Maverick or tune in on it at 8.30 to be able to find out. Uh, or if we get some kind of an inkling of some sort, 
Don't forget, pregame, 6.30, KVNU, Eric Franson, Al Lewis, Craig Hislop. They're going to give you everything you need to know. Injury reports, uh, lineup, starting situation, and all that. Keys to the game. Uh, you'll be able to find that here on KVNU on our sister station uh, just across from us. But, again, don't expect any high-regard information on Jordan Love until Saturday night. So what stood out to you the most, IJ, with that win? On Saturday for Utah State. Interestingly enough, I thought something that we really struggled with uh, in those losses to BYU and into Air Force, Eric, was the physicality. We just never matched it. And then, like, if you were to, like, watch the game on TV, you could hear the hitting going on against Wyoming. I mean, they were putting they were putting helmet on helmet in, in on some of those hits. It was a hard-hitting game. And I felt like defensively, especially for the Aggies, that they matched the physicality uh, that uh, that that Wyoming was bringing because of course Wyoming brought it, but I felt like you know they stood punch for punch, round for round, all four of them uh, versus versus that team, and that's that's why I'm so proud of the Aggies the most. It's just round for round, every hit matching it. That's what I loved. Uh, t- uh, Tyler Vanderwall, not a great passing quarterback. They don't have a lot of great wide receivers uh, or tight ends that are really dynamic. Uh, and it, but I thought that the Utah State secondary did a much better job of being in proper positions. I, I thought the defense as a whole, I totally agree with you, they showed more heart, they showed more spine, they showed more physicality. Uh, the, the The defensive game plan was better. And yeah. that because that secondary was playing better, I think that allowed more things to happen on that front group to sell out on the run, to bottle that up, and to go after and put pressure on Vanderwall. So I agree with you. The real big takeaway for me was that the defensive improvements for Utah State. And, man, they they need to be on that right trajectory right yes, now going up against absolutely. a really talented Boise State team. What a, and I know it's kind of a, a broad stretch here on this one, but... What about like the? I mean, the gauntlet they faced, right? Back to back. I mean, no breaks in between. Air Force, BYU, Fresno, Wyoming, and now Boise State. I mean, that is hard for any team to have to. I mean, to go through. And I and I felt like USU's handled it well. I mean, after the first two losses, pretty well. Um, but they really responded really well with that too. And again, I think the mental toughness that last day, the other night was really good. I mean, look, you want to talk about bombs going off everywhere around you last. I mean, that was a minefield. You have turnovers. You have really bad refs, honestly, on both sides. Oh, and really those refs curious were calls incredible. that just made me shrug. On um, both sides. Yeah, uh, yeah, and by it's both sides. Uh, I mean, the one, the one play where uh, I think it was Justice Tiehi is like going after the quarterback, and he's being grabbed by the jersey, and his hands are like this, and the ref standing two yards from him is like, huh. Nothing. And then the ref, like, 20 yards downfield's like, that's a hold. Here's a flag. <laughs> like, it was just incredible. And then, like, I mean, you have the ref, like, holding, but he's giving, like, a face mask sign. And then he's, like, gr- I mean, he's grabbing, like, towards the- his belt for, like, a a personal foul. He starts pointing in the wrong oh, direction. Oh, man, it was bad. And yeah. so, anyway, to talk about a minefield, and, and, I mean, like I said, just things going off everywhere around him, and they just hung in there for dear life. The offense showed some improvement. They had that great second quarter, but uh, again, they had to kick field goals instead of getting touchdowns. It continues to be a concern that this team can't finish a drive in the end zone against Wyoming, who doesn't have a great, powerful, potent offense themselves. It's okay 
the Aggies got away with that, but against Boise, could be a very different situation. So they are showing improvement. You can see that there's a little more confidence building there. But there, so that's still a concern that that's hanging out there over Utah State offensively is yeah. being able to finish drives yeah. in the end zone, getting six, not three. Yeah, and again, dude, it's I mean, you had two possessions on on both ends of the uh, field at the goal line, and you can't score. Not good. God, dude, you have to score points. I don't know what the touchdowns. deal is and why we right. can't. Yeah, sorry, touchdowns. Be specific. I don't know what Eric. What's the deal? What do you think the problem is? I mean, for as talented as this team is, help me. I, I I can't find the reason why we can't score six. Like, every time we get into the red area, it's almost like we kind of bottle up and we say, okay, let's be very, very careful. Let's be, In fact, let's be too careful that we don't get ourselves in trouble. Now, they, I mean, they're afraid that they're going to turn over the ball or something. Like, let's be aggressive. Find a way. Yeah. I, you know, when I've been up to practice, they've, well, at least last week, they were ending practice, focusing. The only thing they were doing were red zone drills. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's clear that it's a, it's a point of emphasis. The last thing they want to work on before they call it a day were red zone drills. Still, it's they're one of the worst in college football. No, no, no. Sorry, they are the worst right now in college football. In fact, Eric, hey, check this out. Going into that game on Saturday, Wyoming was fifth in the country. In red zone defense. Utah State, last in the country in red zone offense. That's right, last in the country in red zone offense. And it, it they didn't really true. do anything to improve that. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, it hung true on Saturday. We never, we didn't prove anybody wrong in that. Granted, if you're scoring from 30 yards out, 35 yards out, fine, it doesn't matter. But you have to be able to, when you get into those situations, you have to be able to punch it in. And then the hard part is when this team needs one yard, they've struggled with that. Short down situations have not always been great. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. It, it was a win. There were some positives that you take away from it, but there's still things that are concerning that if if it happens again this next week with the opponent that they're facing, it'll be amplified. Sure. Yeah, it's and again, that's because of look, Boise State's third string quarterback just won Mountain West Conference Offensive Player of the Week. What the fetch? That gives you an idea of the system that they have yeah. and the coaching that they have. Exactly. Yeah, Harson does an incredible job. He's so good. I mean, I mean, look, they go down one quarterback, they still continue to produce two quarterbacks, they still get the production they need. It's gonna be a tough one, and they're gonna need to match up offensively. Defense is really gonna be on their heels. So, uh, but I but I have confidence in our defense. I feel like they're starting to get the hang of things. Um, Kevin Metzenheimer's been incredible, and then yeah, of course he has. you have that Eric Munoz kid who's just man, what a story that is, Eric. And I, I, okay, so I wasn't able to hear the whole uh, the presser at all, but when I got on Twitter the next morning, there was just streaming comments from everybody, Al Lewis included, and I've seen a lot of press conferences said it was the best one he's ever heard. It was incredible. And I missed it. It was and absolutely incredible. In fact, do we have the audio by I chance? I want to play. I'm not going to play his whole post because some of it's about the game and uh, he not necessarily. Um, there's a lot of different things that he he discusses, but there's a chunk here where he describes his journey 
and being able to be having this the moment that he had and what it took to get there is absolutely incredible. We'll take a break. When we come back, you'll hear that press conference, big chunk. It's about seven and a half minutes. That If you missed it on Saturday, stick around. It's incredible. It reminds you of just the, the, the long road it takes for some people to, uh, to participate in college athletics. It's not as easy for, for everybody that gets on a field, and some guys don't get on a field. And it's a great, great story about uh, his journey to Utah State. Sacrifices made by him and his family to get here, people who believed in him. Kids still just to walk on. He's not a scholarship player. So we'll hear from Eric Munoz. Uh, again, these are his comments immediately following the game. By the way, named as co-defensive player of the week this week. What a great uh, awesome. 48 hours for That's that young so man. so cool. So we'll hear from him coming up next right here on the Full Court Press. I'm a sucker for you. This is the Dan Patrick Show. You know, we can say the season's too long, but even if I said let's reduce it to 70 games, you're still going to have load management here. And I'm always curious, why just the stars for load management? You know, the, the guys who are the sixth men or guys who play, you know, Patrick Beverly, does he need load management? What about the other players, the role players? They don't need load management? Dan Patrick. And here they are. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Imagine a blanket that could give you the same benefits as a full body hug. A blanket that will help you relax and sleep better. I'm Jason from Utah Mattress Outlet, and we sell a weighted blanket that does just that. The true blanket. If you have effects of anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, hormonal imbalances, PTSD, autism, or if you're just plain stressed out, this blanket, the true blanket, is highly recommended by medical professionals. Come in the store and let us show you this amazing blanket. The true blanket is here at Utah Mattress Outlet, 880 South Main Street. This is Bruce Rigby from Cash Valley Bank. We are growing and excited to announce the opening of our newest location in Smithfield. Well-known local Daryl Simmons has joined us and will be working out of that office. We also opened a location in Hiram last year, and you'll soon see construction on a new office there with Catherine Buse as our manager. She's the granddaughter of a longtime Hiram banker, Colleen Ander. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Daryl's Appliance provides the best repair service. Daryl's techs are trained to pre-diagnose your repair problem before they arrive at your home, so it can be completed on their first trip. As a plus, Daryl's parts department is stocked from A to Z for you do-it-yourselfers. And Daryl's has used parts to save you money. Dishwasher baskets, bake elements, microwave trays, and more. For sales and service since 1970, it's Daryl's Appliance, west on Airport Road. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. When the game concluded Saturday afternoon, I guess early evening, we were excited. Utah State had won. It was a divisional game. It was an important win. It was a trophy game. We got Bridger's rifle uh, and still in the hunt for potential for a Mountain West championship game. At least they keep their hopes alive. 
we knew it was an exciting game from, to see what Eric Munoz was able to do on the field. We knew that it was exciting to see what Dominic Everly did. He accounted for, what was it, 14 points uh, or something like that. The uh, guy was in- incredible um, and really helped Utah State in their win. Jordan Love looked, looked good, especially in that second quarter. But it wasn't until after the game when we heard the post-game press conference that we really got a sense for just how special that performance was by number 38, Eric Munoz. He's a guy who came in and started to do some things in the late in the second quarter at Fresno State that helped solidify some things defensively for the Aggies. And that kind of parlayed him into an opportunity to be the starter on Saturday afternoon on Merlin Olsen Field. And I'm not going to play the full uh, press conference with Eric Munoz, but I wanted to get this this chunk here where he tells his story and just how significant it really was to have that moment and what it's taken for him to get to that point. High praise to those who believed in him, high praise to his coaching staff who put him in positions to succeed, and high praise to his family and to his faith. Here's the comments from Eric Munoz after the game on Saturday. Coach let us know that you were in his office not too long ago asking, you know, what you could do to play more. And now in your first career start, you play like this. What does that mean to you? Um, honestly, I was kind of getting choked up earlier. It's been a long time coming, to be honest with you. Oh. The third school I've been to. Um, Richard Jr. having to sit behind some guys. Tough. And then coming here uh, out of my junior college and having to walk on, it's tough. Uh, God bless me, it was an opportunity. My parents were there for me the whole way. Love them. They've been behind me the whole way. Um, transferred three different times is tough. Financially, um, academically, mentally, physically. Um, but truly, I got to big, give a big shout out. Kevin Metzenheimer, it's my best friend, so uh, he's always believed in me since I got here. Um, When I wasn't getting much playing time or I wasn't really getting an opportunity, he was always cheering for me and telling me to keep my head up. So lining up next to him was probably some of the most fun I've had playing football um, yet. So that felt really good to just have him there next to me, believing in me and Really, all 10 guys on defense um, were rooting for me and cheering for me, and they were excited to see me out there. So I couldn't let those 10 down, especially not Kevin. So felt good to be out there with them. It's a little more motivation than uh, Coach A. And Coach A had given me an opportunity. I didn't make the most of it. So. What were your thoughts coming into this game, it being your first start? Nerves or, or determination? Or? Um, I was definitely playing with a chip on my shoulder. Um, like I said, being a redshirt junior, having to walk on after coming from a junior college is tough. Kind of beats on you mentally. Yeah, highs and lows a lot um, throughout the season, the off season, and everything. And truly a blessing. Like I said, um, God gave me an opportunity to be successful, and I got there. I pr- prepared as much as I could all week. Um, I was in Coach Anna's office as much as I could, watching film and trying to be as prepared as I could. So made some plays and it worked out. So when did you find out you were going to start? Um, 
I, I made some plays uh, towards the end of the Fresno game. I got it in the fourth quarter. Um, I did well. We showed up. You know, my teammates were happy for me. Our coaches were happy for me. We came into practice on Monday, and I was with the starting group. So I just had to make sure I had a consistent week of practice. I think we did that pretty well and got to start. So There's a, a lot of Aggie fans that frankly didn't know who your name was yep. before this game. Um, your play on the field says a lot. This probably says a lot too. But what do you want Aggie fans to know about you personally? Um, I don't talk about my faith too much, um, but I really had to persevere and keep faith in God that I was going to get an opportunity to play here. Um, so I want them to know that I've kept good faith um, and God's been there for me. So that's one thing. And then the other thing I really want them to know about me is that I work hard. Um, you can ask all my teammates all off season, in season, whenever it is, whether running drills, lifting weights. Um, I'm trying to be the best every single time. Trying to run with the DBs or run the sprints. I'm trying to lift more weights than the old linemen. And I'm uh, just trying to get better every day and compete. Um, honestly, coming in as a walk on is tough. Um, you're not that first guy up. You know, a lot of people aren't looking for you to be successful. It's kind of a bonus if you make plays, or it's a bonus if you come in and contribute. So keeping your head down and truly proving people wrong that didn't believe in me and proving the people that did believe in me right. Um, like I said, Kevin, a lot of those guys, my parents, you know, my support system from back home in Illinois um, means a lot to prove them right. They've always believed in me through the journey, so it felt really good. You said you came in as a, as a walk-on, um, and this is your third school. Why, why do you tell State? Why did you think you have a walk-on? Um, to be honest, I was originally committed to New Mexico State, um, and then Coach Collins, who was the linebacker coach last year, special teams coordinator now, reached out to me. Um, they had a spot open up for a linebacker. Flew out here, worked out for him. Um, didn't really work out to get on a scholarship. Um, school's kind of known for you know walk-ons being successful. And then um, Coach Collins and the staff really was just telling me if I work hard and I stick to it, they were going to give me an opportunity. Um, I got in here really late. Um, I had to take some classes at my junior college. Just kind of held me up from getting out here in the summer and spring ball and stuff. So. Got out here kind of late, but kind of believed in me, saw something in me. Um, and I don't know, I just, I kind of like the, uh, like how much everybody cares about each other here. When you get to higher FBS, Division One level football, it's kind of a lot of guys are, um, everybody's got a chip on their shoulder, but kind of playing for themselves. Where here, I think everybody truly cares about each other. Like my teammates are so happy for me. You know, the guys that, play behind me, the guys I'm fighting a spot for, man, they're so happy for me. It's rare to see that, you know, a guy you're competing with to really look at you and be happy for you to be successful. So I think that means a lot and that says a lot about our program. How close were you hitting the end zone on that first interception? <laughs> I was close. I think I landed on like the two or the three. To be honest, I can't even lie, I was pretty tired. <laughs> I didn't have much shake left or really much juice, so. Just tried to bulldoze them, see if I could get in, but we came up short. So, Eric, what's it like, you know, having the, you're holding the rifle in your hands, proof of a big win in your you know, first week to start? Like, what's it like for you to be able to have that? It means a lot, to be honest. And um, I think the biggest thing is, in the most humble way possible, I was right. You know, my family was right. I believed in myself. I had confidence in myself and what in my ability. 
my parents had believed in me since day one, since I was a kid. And they always, you know, whether I was going, uh, first school I went to in Iowa, coming out of high school, they believed in me. I told them I wanted to leave there and go to junior college. Uh, to be honest, my dad was pretty mad at me at first. I gave him a scholarship. Um, we kind of butted heads for a good amount of time. And then he kind of rallied behind me and he believed in me, which, you know, when your parents are kind of behind you and they believe in you and you're rolling the dice, it means a lot. And then after that, to basically turn down a lot of Division II scholarships or NAI scholarships or um, some smaller Division I looks to come here, walk on and pay full tuition and to have my parents rally behind me like that, it's kind of an unexplainable feeling. It feels so good to really just prove them right. You know, to have them behind you the whole time to come out here and you know, make the plays that I did, it just feels good. It's kind of unexplainable. That was awesome. That was incredible. Great stuff there from Eric Munoz, his story, his journey to get to Utah State, people that were that had faith in him, kept uh, positive vibes going his way. Kevin Metzenheimer has been close to him all through this. Cool to see them light up side by side, and they were a great tandem. So what a great story from Eric Munoz and uh, what he was able to do with the opportunity presented to him. Now the question is, can that continue? Um, We sure hope so. Uh, He looked good. I mean, he looked active. He looked like he was making the right reads. And uh, some of that is, is coaching and how they prepared the team. But he looked great. And uh, he was making some great pursuits on the ball, getting after the uh, the Wyoming Cowboys, the two interceptions. It's an outstanding performance, and deservedly so, the co-defensive player of the week for the Mountain West. Absolutely incredible. Uh, coming up here on the Full Court Press, uh, just a few more comments from Coach uh, Gary Anderson, some things that he had to say today. Interesting that he made a coaching change. Well, not really a coaching change, but a change in his routine this last week. And how did it pay off? Also, we'll hear from Coach Craig Smith as we get ready for Utah State basketball. Don't forget KVNU game day, game night with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore coming up in about 30 minutes from now on our sister station, KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM, with a 6 p.m. preview, a full one-hour preview pregame of Utah State and UT San Antonio. So stay tuned for that. But we'll give you an inside look first right here on the Full Court Press coming up after this break. You're listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show. There is a certain amount of joy in watching something collapse. That seems to be the way how we're following Alabama. This is celebrating the downfall of, of the Jenga game. We try to do it with the Patriots. We're waiting for that thing to collapse. We take a little bit too much joy in the failures of these organizations which have built themselves up to where we think they're always going to win. The Doug Gottlieb Show. Weekday afternoons from 1 to 4 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. It's cold outside, but you can keep warm inside with a quality-built, super-efficient York furnace. Count on a furnace from York because it's backed by the strongest warranties available. It's just another way we install confidence. Call Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, your local York dealer, at 752-7272. Online at advancedheating-ac.com. York. Install confidence. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. 
Jay Broadbent here with Alpine Home Medical. The seasons are changing and the cooler air is rolling in. From now until the end of the year, let us help you stay warm with a free Minky Couture blanket when you purchase any lift chair from one of our nine locations. Our lift chairs will get you from sitting to safely standing with the push of a button. If you or a loved one is in need of some serious comfort, we have the solution. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. The Riverwoods Conference Center is accepting reservations for holiday parties and events. Inviting you to experience an elegant holiday atmosphere, the Riverwoods Conference Center's beautiful new renovation is complete with new carpet, paint, furniture, and decor. And as always, with catering from Elements, your holiday event will be amazing with delicious entrees and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Whether it's a company or family event, it will be festive, beautiful, and scrumptious at the Riverwoods, catered by Elements. For reservations, phone 750-5151, 750-5151. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Great stuff there from uh, Eric Munoz in the post game. <laughs> when he went to the stand, when he went to the podium after the game, he had bridge that uh, rifle, that Bridger's rifle, with him. Uh, he wasn't letting go. And then uh, Utah State football shared a video of him coming into the locker room after all the post game stuff had been done, and uh, his teammates all surrounding him, chanting and cheering for him. Really great moment for a guy like that from a walk-on and what he was able to do to get to that point. Gary Anderson had some more thoughts to say uh, about Eric Munoz uh, today in his press conference. Uh, again, sharing some of the the inspiration that he has had and the effect that he's had on his team. Yeah, it's uh, it's an awesome story. You know, I'm so happy for Eric and all of those awards are well-deserved. Um, you know, I think every one of them need to be pointed out from just a kid that... Uh, battles because he loves the game of football and um, kept finding his way and you know just uh, hey I'll do whatever I have to do to keep playing football and it shows up it showed up since January it showed up in the weight room he's a hard worker and you know he's adjusted to the scheme where we're at what we're doing uh, but at the end of the day he's the one that went out there and, and made those plays with the support of his teammate and I think the coach Jen has done a great job of helping him understand and absorb the scheme but you know it's Eric goes out there and, and does what he does and did what he did in that situation because he prepared himself for that moment long ago, not just you know, not just the last two weeks or whatever it may be. And so, yeah, great stuff from uh, Coach Anderson that this is a guy that's been working for a long time to get to this point and uh, took advantage of the moment. So, great story there from Eric Munoz. Uh, another big thing that was interesting that we didn't know until the game happened, and I'm not going to play the full set here, but. Uh, Gary Anderson basically took himself out of some of those defensive meetings in this last week and uh, turning more responsibility over to his assistant coaches instead of being in the middle of all of the position group meetings. He wanted to step back and take a broader view of things as a head coach and uh, let the position groups do their coaches, do the, let the assistants do what they need to do best. And then he's there as a support and kind of sees the overall vision and direction of the team. And so uh, interesting to see that development. He had high praise for his assistants and how they have done. 
so anyway, great win for Utah State. They're five and one in conference play. Still have an opportunity to still win the Mountain Division. They have to win on Saturday night. They have to beat New Mexico, and then they'll need. Uh, somebody to knock off Air Force along the way. Colorado State had a golden opportunity. They were up 14 to nothing on Air Force to start the game in Fort Collins, but then they just couldn't keep it rolling. If they were able to get one more score and be up 21 to nothing, they're in a great position against Air Force because of how they are built, how they run things. It would force Air Force to get uncomfortable with what they like normally like to do to try to get back into the game. But uh, Colorado State wasn't able to hang on, and uh, Air Force flipped the switch and took care of things and ended up pulling away to win that one with pretty comfortable space uh, as that game concluded. So Utah State still, though, uh, an opportunity there, and they got to take care of business this Saturday. We'll hear more about Boise State as we get through the week. Uh, Utah State basketball, big matchup tonight, not necessarily because it's a big-ranked opponent, that uh, has a ton of athletes that's going to be, you know, uh, pushing Utah State around necessarily. But it's big in that this is a ranked team, Utah State is, and you can't overlook anybody. And this is really the last chance to fine-tune anything before they get into a real teeth of uh, non-conference play. They've got uh, – they go down to this tournament in Jamaica. They face some really good teams from power conferences – so this is a last chance to kind of fine-tune some things and not overlook their opponent and get ready for what's ahead of them. Now, we have not yet seen Namiyash Keda play for Utah State. We've seen him warm up. We've seen him uh, do some things earlier in the games, uh, before the games begin, but uh, in the early goings, when everybody else is out there kind of warming up, nothing real official, but then when they come out for the last little bit for the, for the team uh, introductions, he's not dressed in the uniform. Um, so the question is, how is he progressing? Will he be available tonight? Will he be available this weekend? It's always been kind of assumed or, or maybe uh, rumored that uh, Namiyash Keta would be available for the Utah State Aggies before they go to Jamaica. If that were to be the case, is it, the question is, would he get some minutes in a very limited role tonight to ease him into it, or is he not quite ready for that yet? We still don't really know. And although Craig Smith did meet with the media yesterday to talk about the opponent tonight, how they've got him worried, and some additional thoughts about uh, this week. This is the last time we're going to see Utah State in the spectrum for a while, last time we're going to hear from Coach Smith in a while, because frankly the Aggies are just going to be out of town for a bit. So here's the comments from Coach Craig Smith uh, previewing UT San Antonio and about his team generally, and um, yeah, what what we're going to see out of this team uh, from the Aggies, what last things they need to work on before they go on this big road trip. Hey, the Roadrunners, and and they are that way. They love to get up and down the floor. Um, uh, they really fly around on on both sides of the ball. They um, they're they're going to rebound and run and push the tempo and go like crazy and. And they just play on attack. And then defensively, they're going to really pressure and deny, try to create a lot of turnovers. Um, obviously, their preseason Conference USA picked second. Obviously, got off to a slow start, um, which is unexpected. But they've been sitting on us for six days now, I believe, or seven days. And so um, so one of those preps, again, like I'm sure there'll be some new things uh, in the equation. But 
certainly they had the leading uh, scoring backcourt in the country last year in Jackson and Wallace. Um, number two is Jackson and number 22 is Wallace. And, and those guys put a ton of pressure on you because they can do about anything and everything with the ball and they can score it at all three levels. Um, they can shoot the three and they got great pull-up games and they can really attack and get to the rim and get fouled. So they put a lot of pressure on you. Their numbers necessarily don't show it in terms of some things, but it's just one of those things where that's going to even out at some point and hopefully it's not uh, on Monday night against the Aggies. So um, they got, they're a relatively young team, so they're still trying to figure out who their guys are and what their roles are and how that all you know comes into play that way. So we're going to have to be, really be on point with our stuff. They run a lot of different sets. Um, and we really got to be on point with their personnel. Uh, that's going to be a big key to the game is knowing their personnel. They can play a lot of different ways with the guys that they have. So um, kind of like we were able to play last year uh, with some deal with some stuff with the versatility of Quinn and and Nimi and 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 um, and Bean. So we got to be on point because they're kind of different teams depending on who they have in the game. We talked about Denver hadn't shot many threes. These guys are over 40% of their shots are threes. Yeah, I believe they... Um, um, and they're not shooting very well, at least in their first four games. That's maybe been a reason why their scores have been what they've been. In, in yeah, they, they lead the country in three points, three pointers attempted, uh, at least as of a couple days ago. So I don't know, you know how that stuff changes by the day. But, um, but they do. They, they love to crank them up there and and um, but they haven't shot it real, real well up to this point, and that's the hard part because you know they're m much better than their numbers are showing right now. But um, but that's just part of the deal. They've I mean they've had some point blank looks with good shooters that just haven't fallen, and sometimes you go in those kind of um, ruts, you know, so to speak, and those kind of streaks, you know, where teams don't shoot it well, and then you go on a streak where you start knocking them all down, and it's our job to to not let that streak start. You know, what tomorrow. Jack, what Jackson's average is about 25, I think, yeah, so he, far this year. I mean, he's had huge games. They, the Wallace guys maybe struggled a little bit. When I think the last game. game, they had 37 to 35 or 37, something like that uh, against Delaware. So they can really get it going. Obviously, they, they um, you know, they're going to get a lot of their shot attempts. You know, they have the freedom to, to do that. But um, um, it's not easy to score in 37 to 35, you know what I mean, or whatever it was, 35 and 31. I don't know yeah. what the exact number how do you get how do you get a look in practice to try to get ready for those guys you know i thought we actually got a good look today um uh, uh our, our scouting guys that were playing those two, two guys were really having fun <laughs> um, but um yeah, you know it uh, marco anthony and and uh, carson, carson bischoff so uh, i thought we got a great look today and uh, i thought our, our guys were really really focused but you know um you got to kind of expect the unexpected. We're expecting some new things to be added. I, I think they're gonna. We're expecting some guys to play some, maybe some different roles. You know, um, um, it's just it's at this time of year it's difficult when you have so much youth and they do have a lot of that and trying you're trying to we're going through the we have more veterans but you're you're still trying to figure out roles for different guys and how they fit in well and um, and getting comfortable with that you know and. And that does take a little bit of time um, to do that. So we got to really mind our P's and Q's on the offensive end and take care of the ball because they're going to be super hungry. Obviously, they haven't had a game for, what, six or seven days. So you know how that goes. Like, those guys are – it feels like an eternity at this time of year, you know, after you just play three games in three days. So um, they're going to come out, I know, and play super aggressive and, 
and we got to get better at handling the ball uh, after the other night we had 15 turnovers and some of them really foolish kind of turnovers so um, that'll be a major point of emphasis for us how do you think your team has handled this five quick games at the start of the year do you, do you like the way they've kind of handled it yeah i don't i've thought a lot about that like i don't know if it i, I mean it's always good to play at home no question about it and certainly it's been fun to see the um, really exciting to see the um, all the people that have supported our team, you know, this early in the year, and he's getting a lot of comments from different people that have been longtime season ticket holders and so on and so forth, and having not really seen the spectrum like this this early for a long time, if ever. So that's exciting to see, celebrating our 50th year of the spectrum. But you know, when you get five straight games at home, you're just sitting at home, and it kind of get you, you know, uh, sometimes it's good to change the stimulus too. But we always want to play at home. I think our guys have handled it well. Um, you know, uh, uh, a, a couple really dominating performances, a couple that were just, you know, okay. But um, I, I like our mindset. I think we're getting better. I think it's easy to see certain guys especially getting better and just finding the comfort level um, with one another and how does Fonz play and how does Kuba play and how does Trevin play and, and trying to get them incorporated Um to build trust with one another and put each other in the best position to succeed, which obviously is going to help our team do well. And then when you, after this, you think you find out a whole lot more about your guys when you do leave and even yeah. if it's neutral court or whatever. Yeah, I think we're going to find out a whole lot more tomorrow, um, to be quite frank. I think our, um, besides probably our non-D1 games, I think our the easiest part of our schedule is over now and now I think we're going to get into some heavy hitters. UTSA is a very talented team and a very dangerous team and don't let the record fool you. <laughs> like, uh, And you're going to find that out tomorrow when you watch them play. Um, but uh, there's no doubt starting you know, tomorrow like the, it's going to get a lot more difficult in a, in a real hurly, hurry. So we just got to keep climbing the ladder and have a great mindset and, uh, and just keep on improving. And, and we've had a great start to that the last two days of practice. Again, those are Coach Craig Smith's comments yesterday when meeting with the media ahead of tonight's game. So we're talking about tomorrow. He's referring to today. Now, he didn't make any mention about Keta in that press conference, but based on the timetable that was discussed uh, officially after Keta's injury, it would put his return at about this week, at about this time. Uh, we have, as I said earlier, we've seen him doing some of the early game warm-ups, uh, but he hasn't been dressed. Will he be dressed tonight? We don't know. Uh, and so it's still, they're, they're being very cautious on his return. They want to make absolute certain that he is healthy and not in a position where he could potentially re-injure that leg. So, could be a mystery. Could be another reason to go tonight if you are still looking for reasons, which I don't know why you would still need anymore to go see the number 15 team in the country. But uh, maybe one of those reasons is to see if Keta does, in fact, play. Uh, my guess is that we'd probably see him. If we don't see him tonight, we'll probably see him this weekend uh, after, based on some of the things that we've seen in the warm-ups. All right, coming up, some final thoughts uh, to, to wrap up the things that happened this weekend and what's on tap tonight. Again, the Utah Jazz in action, Monday Night Football in action. All that uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Want to create holiday memories that last? It's as easy as going local. Hi, welcome. When you shop at local independent businesses, you can save time, find great gift and entertainment ideas, the freshest holiday treats, and it's just plain fun. Hey, I'm glad you're here. The kinds of gifts you can find locally show people you really care about them 
and about the community you live in. The dollars you spend on food, beverages, decorations, and other items stay right here. Oh, I love it. Shopping locally provides unique gifts to the people you love and unique support for the businesses right here in this area. The Cache Valley Media Group encourages everyone to support our local businesses. This is Sabor from Angie's Restaurant. This is Wendy Hassan with the Cache Valley Center for the Arts. This is Valerie with Palmer Home Furnishings. This is Steph with Center Street Grill. I would like to join my friends at the Cache Valley Media Group. Encouraging you to shop local. Shop local. Encouraging you to shop local. Shop local. Thank you. Shop here in Cache Valley, where every dollar you spend locally returns more right to the heart of our community. This is Gene Needham from S.E. Needham Jewelers. I have just returned from Antwerp, Belgium, the diamond capital of the world. I found many great values to bring back to Logan. We import our diamonds in order to guarantee the best price on diamonds. At compared quality, S.E. Needham Jewelers will not be beat. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. It just doesn't get better. Come see these beautiful diamonds today. You'll get S.E. Needham quality at internet pricing. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. If you're waiting for the best deal on a mattress, don't wait for Black Friday or Cyber Monday. Who'd be crazy enough to buy a mattress online anyways? Your best deal on a mattress happens every day at Utah Mattress Outlet. We buy truckloads of name brand mattresses and sell them at 50 to 75% off. Our sleep specialists will help you pick the one that's right for you. Buy the mattress that helps you sleep the best this year and sleep in on Black Friday knowing you got the best deal on a mattress. Utah Mattress Outlet. Where we have a bed for every budget. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric Franson with you. Wrapping things up here this hour. A reminder that KVNU game night starting in about 10 minutes. On our sister station, 6.10 a.m., 102.1 FM, a full one-hour pregame with Al Lewis and Jalen Moore getting ready for UT San Antonio, a team that likes to put up a lot of three-point shots, but they'll also allow you to score a lot, too. So they don't play a lot of defense. They just want to run back and chuck up shots. Uh, So they do have some high scorers, not great defenders. And the real question is, uh, will we see Namish Keta tonight or not? Um, And... I don't know. It may depend to see what kind of margin of victory is going at this certain point. Uh, Or if they just want to say, it doesn't matter, he's not going to play tonight anyway. So that could be one of the things to watch for tonight in the spectrum. Other things to watch for tonight, Monday night football. You got the uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, in Mexico City taking on the Chargers. This game actually will take place. Last year they had the problems with the field and had to move it to Los Angeles, and it was a great, great game. Uh, Will this one be uh, similarly as good? The Chargers haven't been great. Kansas City has had its moments, but they've also struggled a little bit. So we'll see how that plays out on ESPN. 615 kickoff for that one. Also, the Utah Jazz are in action tonight, and... Jazz are taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves. That game starting at 7 o'clock. So we'll have that coverage here. Pre-game at about 6.50. And the tip-off will be at 7. Then they turn right back around and go to Minnesota to play them on Wednesday in Minnesota. Then the Jazz come back home on Friday to take on Golden State. And it could be an emotional game on Saturday when uh, Derek Favors returns with New Orleans. And that game will be on uh, NBA TV where you can watch that one. 
So anyway, those are some of the things that are going on uh, over the next uh, little bit, some of the things that may affect some of our programming slightly a little bit here on the fan. But anyway, we encourage you to go up to see Utah State basketball tonight as they take on UT San Antonio, a team that can put up a lot of offense. We'll see how the Aggies do defensively.